0: show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Thank you for being here today, everybody. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. I've been taking advantage of this convenient audiobook service for the last year, and it is an excellent way for me to stay informed and entertained. Audible is offering the listeners of this show one free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at Marriagekidsandmoney.comslash Audible. If you're enjoying the show for your first book, I'd recommend Unshakable by Tony Robbins. This book helps break down the myths of investing and sets you on a path towards financial success. You can get that free audiobook or any audiobook that you want, and a 30-day free trial at Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash audible. You will be supporting the show with your subscription, so many, many thanks. Okay, let's jump into today's show. Let me ask you all something. What would your life be like with zero debt? If you had no student loans, no credit card, no car loans, you didn't know your sister, your mother, your brother, your cousin, any money, would that make you feel a little more relaxed? Would that make you feel a sense of freedom? Today, I invited someone on the show that has felt both the claustrophobia that comes with too much debt, as well as the sheer relief that comes with completely eliminating debt from your life. Chris Peach is a full-time firefighter, a full-time husband, and a full-time father of two. In 2011, Chris and his wife Andrea found themselves with $52,000 worth of consumer debt and not a dime their name. They had been spending on credit like it was going out of style, and they were stuck. After an embarrassing public moment that I will let Chris tell you the entire story, this couple was jolted into action to fix this major debt problem they had created. After seven months, a few side jobs, and some diligent cash flow planning, Chris and Andrea became debt-free. They also became determined to never get into this situation of debt again. Cash-only purchases and monthly budgeting became standards for Mr. and Mrs. Peach. Chris also became inspired to help others crush debt, live on a budget, and take control of their finances. He now has a popular blog, podcast, and a YouTube channel, and he also serves as a financial coach. On today's show, Chris and I chat about how he and his wife Andrea got into the debt how they got themselves out of it and what they're doing now to help people win with money. If you're interested in getting out of debt and learning the benefits of smart money management, you are really going to enjoy this interview, everybody. Trust me, your family will thank you for listening to it. Without further delay, here is my interview with Chris Peach. All right, everybody, we've got Chris Peach from moneypeach.com here. How you doing, Chris?
1: Glad to be here, Andy. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Thanks for being here, man. So could you give us a just a quick introduction about who you are and, and what uh, Money Peach is? Sure.
1: So Money Peach started off as a little tiny blog that I created for my kitchen table back in March 2015. And it just started off chronicling our debt-free journey. My wife and I paid off $52,000 in seven months after going literally completely broke at the grocery store, ran out of money, had no money at all. Maxed out credit cards, $52,000 in debt, overdrafted our bank accounts and we dug our way out. And it was a, it was an incredible journey to say the least. And so I started writing about it. My first post I ever put on our blog was just my story, just this $52,000, um, in seven months. So since then, uh, it's just grown. The uh, The following has grown. We opened up a podcast. We have an online training program. And just like anything, you know, um, your hobby kind of turns into a full-time job. So I currently am also a full-time firefighter here in Phoenix, Arizona. And so right now, I, I always tell people, they say, so do you do firefighting part-time or do you do your blog, Money Peach, part-time? What is it? And I say, well... I had to do them both full time right now, so that's kind of, I guess, how you found me was through the the blogosphere, if you will.
0: Yeah, through the uh, are the collective that we're a part of, as well as the blogosphere. Absolutely. So, so yes, full time firefighter, full time blogger, podcaster, and it sounds like full time husband and father. Is that right?
1: Yeah, those go without saying. So I think anybody listening who is a parent knows that. It's almost cheating if you say that, you know, you're a full-time dad cuz everybody is full-time as a parent. So the, the that goes without saying.
0: Well, that's cool. So can we dive into that uh, $52,000 story a little bit uh, deeper? So how, how did the how did that pile up to get to that number?
1: So my wife and I, we when we got married, we came out of college. We met in college and so we'll say we're college sweethearts. So we get, we come out of college and she gets a job Um, Is one of the the local news anchors here in Phoenix. And then I get a job as a firefighter. We have no kids. So we, you know, we leave college and we have tremendous incomes for being right out of college. We're talking a six figure salary um, between the two of us. And so, you know, we went from broke, poor college students to having a really good income between the two of us. So we just were out of control. We had never had any training with money. And I think back, does anybody out there really, are they really shown how to handle money? I mean, not from schools. They're shown from, you know, however mom and dad handle money. So if you if you had parents that handled money very, very well, chances are you're going to handle money well. Chances. So for us, uh, we were never taught about money. So for us, it was just what we see on TV and what our friends do. That's what we're going to do, which meant. We were just hyper-consumers. You know, what we wanted, we went and bought right now. We never paid attention to the money. We didn't do a budget. We didn't pay attention to the money coming in and going out. And we were hyper-consumers, meaning if we – we were so concerned, Andy, with what people thought of us. Um, We didn't realize it at the time, but it was – everything had to be name brand. Um, We had to have luxury cars. We had to go buy a brand-new home in a nice neighborhood, nice side of town, big home, big – everything was big. Everything was expensive. (laughs) everything had to be this way in our minds and we thought well you know this is we're adults now and i i I equate it to you know we were in our mid-20s we wanted to have the same lifestyle that our parents had except for it took them you know 35 plus years to build we just thought nope this is the life that we deserve right we're part of that 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 mentality of we deserve this so you can imagine doing that for four years, taking lavish vacations, hyper-consuming, overspending, not paying attention to the money coming in or going out. Eventually, you're going to run out. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happened to us. It was actually February um, 2011. So my wife has – we had, at the time, we had a 10-month-old. So she's at the grocery store. And so she's pushing around the grocery cart full of groceries. She goes to check out. And so one by one, she puts all the groceries on the conveyor belt. Um, they scan across. They go back in the. They go. They get bagged. They go in the grocery cart. Um, there's a line of people behind her who recognize her from television. So there's that aspect of it. She has a ten month old that's screaming, and so the bill comes and she hands over her first card, and it gets declined. And so okay, whatever. Hands over the second card, and it gets declined. And then hands over the third card and the cashier says, I'm sorry, Andrea, this um, – none of these cards are working. Oh, man. So at that moment, you know, what's your option? So she was so upset and embarrassed. She just grabbed our 10-month-old, picked him up and ran directly out of the grocery store, got in the car, embarrassed, overwhelmed, ashamed. And that's where I came in the picture. She calls me up. I'm at the fire station. And she is, she's hot, right? She's, you can only imagine how that conversation went. I mean, they say the number one cause of divorce in North America is money problems and money fights. And this was our real test right here because this was not a good situation for us. So the next morning I come home and I take a look at what's going on. Like we, we never looked at bank accounts. We just figured, you know, kind of that whole thing. If we don't look at it, we don't know how bad it is. So we don't have to worry about it. (laughs) Eventually it'll always get better. So we look at it and that's when we found out, Hey, we're broke. We're overdrafted. We have $52,000 in debt and we've maxed out our credit cards. And so that was the defining moment. That's the moment we had, to, we, we literally said, this will never happen again. You know, Never again are we going to be this broke making this much money. Never again are we going to go and try to impress people at the intersection with a luxury car that they don't care about us, they don't know about us, we'll never see them again. You know, Never again are we going to say yes over and over again to be the fun or popular couple. So it had to be a complete behavior change with the way we handled money. And so long story short, we hustled. We sold everything. I mean literally everything. Um, we picked up side jobs. I cleaned pools in the hot Phoenix summer. Um, whatever we could do to generate income and cut our lifestyle like to, to basically nothing, right? Just, a, just above a dirt floor, we did. And so during that time, um, you know, anytime you do change, Andy – and you have friends, family that you're close with, and they see you doing this change, uh, it's not popular. It's not a popular change usually, especially if it's a change where I think other people know they should be doing it too, but they're not willing to. So during this process, we had people who, um, you know, friends, fam- even our family thought we were crazy. My, I mean, my family thought we had joined some kind of cult because um, we were just selling everything and, you know, budgeting. And we are we, I mean, okay, we were cheap, right? We were, I, I like to say frugal, but we were we were locked down and so you know it was a tough you know seven months of just working our tails off not being very popular anymore um you know the the snickering behind your back type deal which we dealt with but it still hurts and so at the end of this seven month period uh it was november 17th 2011 uh we owned bank of america was our last um the last creditor we owed and so we literally drove down to the local branch. We could have easily done this online, but we drove down to the local branch. And so we walk in, and that was our moment. That's when we had enough money in our accounts to pay off the remaining balance. We paid off the last debt right there. And um, the the feeling of that moment, I try to explain it to people. And here's how I would explain it: You know, for the longest time, we had this backpack full of rocks that we were carrying around and we just got used to it we didn't realize it was there it just became part of life and so we were going through life and we had no idea we were carrying this weight and then as soon as we wrote that check and i mean when we wrote that check i handed it over to the teller and she teared off the receipt handed it back and we looked down and it said balance zero dollars zero cents paid in full and as soon as we both saw that it was like somebody came up and just grabbed that backpack off us and said we'll take it from you and it was just it was an unbelievable feeling unbelievable sense of freedom right i didn't realize i was you know a slave to the lender until i was free and so yeah so that was um it was it was a crazy crazy time in our lives and so but just like anything you know somebody found out somebody said wait a second what do you mean you paid off your debt i said yeah we we paid off all our debt they're like what about your cars no, no, we paid off our cars. What about your student loan though? No, 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 we paid off our student loan too. Well, what about the credit cards? You know, we we, pay, we don't have any debt. We have our mortgage, but besides that, we have no debt. And it became shocking to people, right? Because we were part of a, a society, our, our close-knit group of friends, right? They say you're you're like the seven people you hang out the most. So our, our group of friends, they couldn't even fathom this. So finally someone said, all right, I, I don't want to do what you did. I just want to see what you did. Mm-hmm. So – we sat down – my wife and I had them over for, for dinner and they sat down at our kitchen table and we showed them, hey, this is how we did our budget and this is the debt we paid off first and this is the reason why. And so that turn, that that moment was our first financial coaching session. We just didn't know what it was called then. And so fast forward a few years later. This is where we got into the blog and the podcast and where you see everything today. So people always ask, how did you go from being a firefighter to running a financial literacy website and podcast? And so that's how.
0: That's great, man. That's a great story. So when, when, that, um, when that last payment happened in the bank, did you guys do a little happy dance with your, uh, your youngest there in, in, in the middle of the bank?
1: You know, that's a good question. At the time, (laughs) let's see, he would have been a little over a year. He would have been like a year and four months old. So uh, we probably tossed him around a little bit. But the cool thing is, is so one of the byproducts of um, living on a budget, we we use cash for just about everything. Obviously, we don't pay our mortgage with cash, but everything that we can use for cash, we do. And so our son is going to be seven soon. Our daughter is going to be five soon. And so at seven and five, Very little of the teaching that we've done with the kids with money has been, very little has actually been intentional. I mean, we saved it a little bit. Uh, The teaching aspect for our son we started, but with our daughter, I mean, she wasn't even around when we started this. But the crazy thing is, is the kids know so much about how money works at age seven and age five, and it's not been from us intentionally You know, having the verbal conversation with them, it's been by them just watching mom and dad. You know, when we go to the grocery store, we don't hand over plastic and swipe the register, we hand over cash. Well, what happens, Andy, is if you do this over and over and over again, and your kids go to the grocery store, you know, for seven years, all our son has seen us do is hand cash to the cashier and she hands us cash back. And so he only believes this transaction is how money is supposed to be handled. And so it's exciting that you know even now, the kids at a young age have such a good, healthy understanding of how money works. And so we're excited to see what the future holds for them. But yeah, it, that was a complete byproduct, a benefit of handling money the right way.
0: Well, that's great, because you started out this conversation with me, Chris, talking about how when you grew up, um, you, didn't, you didn't have that type of example, or you, you didn't learn that in school, and now you are literally changing the way your family's going to operate for generations to come. That's pretty great, man.
1: Well, one thing I do want to say is, so my parents, I, I, I feel like I really give him a, the end of the deal here. So my mom and dad are um, very, very impressive at generating income. They're both entrepreneurs. And so uh, my entire life, you know, we, we lived, I would say an above average life as far as finances. And that's because my parents were, they were incredible at generating income. And so, but More and more I'm seeing now, and I'm sure you've seen it as well, that you think in the past that if you generate a lot of income that you're good with money because you can generate it. And so my parents will be the first to tell you that, hey, I we we know we can generate income. Where we struggle is the managing of the income. And you know, but I'll ask them, so mom and dad, you know, is it your fault or were you just never taught how to handle money? And the answer to that is they were never taught. Mm -hmm. So that the problem really is, is you can't expect somebody to be an excellent driver if they have never been taught how to drive, right? You can't expect somebody to be an excellent golfer if they've never been taught how to golf. So why do we expect, you know, people just to understand how money works when they've never been taught how? So it's, you know, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, you know, I don't handle money well, think about who taught you. Where did you learn? Most, most of us learn from just watching, um, You know our parents or whoever raised us handle money. That's where we learn. So, you know I have a friend. He is extremely, extremely good with money. He always has been his entire life. And so we were talking, and I mean just uh, the the things that he was taught from his mom and dad about money are completely different from what I was taught. And it's not because my mom and dad were you know poor parents. They were excellent parents. It was just because his his parents, my buddy Ben, his parents were just taught you know that you save a good portion of your money for rainy days. They were taught you never borrow money. You don't finance cars. You don't use credit cards. So his entire life, this was ingrained in his brain. And so, long story short, he is, you know, he's very, very, very financially stable to this day because of the jumpstart he had in life of learning how to handle money from mom and dad.
0: Well, that's, I mean, that all starts with the parents and it's a a great way to live your life and it sounds like, both your friend and you guys are going to be setting your uh, your kids up for great success in their life. So let, let's let's dive into a little bit because it sounds like an incredible story, but I think this is an opportunity for us to teach people maybe a little bit of the specifics about how you got rid of it. So um, there are obviously lots of methods to getting rid of $50,000 in debt in seven months. Did you guys have a preferred method and how did you start and which, which, which of the debts did you clobber first? Could you go into a little bit of that that information? Sure.
1: So, uh, not to toot my own horn, but I'm pretty good at math. That's one of the gifts God gave me. Is I can math has always come easy to me. You know, as a subject in elementary school, even in college, when I was, you know, I was taking high level calculus. It was one of those things that came natural to me. Right? Everybody has something that comes natural to them, and mine was math. So, mathematically, I thought the best way to pay off my debt was to pay it off high interest first and then work my way down to low interest, right? This was this was my first way of thinking. And so this makes sense, right? You're gonna pay more money with interest, so you're gonna mathematically pay off the highest interest first. Well, what happens with that mindset is sometimes the one with the higher interest, not all the time, but sometimes, it could be the same debt that is you know, your bigger debt. And so one of the things that I was taught, um, I read a lot of books, I read books, um, I mean, I could go through them all right now. I read The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. Susie Orman had a book. I had a book by David Bach that I read. Um, Start Late, Retire Rich, I think it was called. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki. I was trying to get my hands on every financial book I could. And um, so there's a lot of how-to guides out there. So one of the things that was profound to me that stuck with me was this. And so math wasn't my problem, right? Math is not the problem when it comes to debt. And I'll I'll prove this to you is – so any of us out there, myself included, who carry credit card debt, right? In order – and this is – now it's a little bit different. But you know, 10 years ago, most of the credit card offers that you received were in the mail. So nobody in their right mind goes over to the, to the mailbox, opens up the, the mailbox and says, oh, great. Look at this. I can carry a credit card balance at 28% interest. That's no, – no one says that, right? We, we don't believe we will, but then again we do. So it's never a math problem. It's a behavior problem. So once I was finally able to realize that my behavior needed to change, I already understood math, right? I mean personal finance is fifth grade math, maybe sixth grade math, right? We're talking addition, subtraction, and percentages, and it ends there. So if we're talking about math, then we don't really need to worry about math because it's easy. It's simple math, right, fifth, sixth grade math, but the behavior portion – is a huge chunk of the problem. So when we're paying off the debts, highest interest to lowest interest, we're focusing on math. So then I started putting it together going, okay, I know math's not the problem. So let's focus on the behavior. So one of the things that I learned with behavior is you need to self-motivate. And one of the best ways to self-motivate going through this process, right? I mean, remember we were going from Cruises and luxury cars and fancy dinners to now like let's call it minimalism right with with hard work on at and on So we were changing our behavior So one of the things we need to do is stay motivated or we weren't gonna make it So one of the ways you can stay motivated is if you pay your debts off from smallest balance To largest balance and the reason why here's the exact reason why and the families that we've worked with do the same thing and they will tell you the same thing is when you start with a low balance so you might have this credit card that you got in college, and it still has your team's logo on it. And you've had this thing now for 15 years, and it's always been around a six, seven hundred dollar balance. And you just, yeah, you know, you pay it off one month, and then it comes right back. But when you get intentional and you pay off this seven hundred dollar balance that you've literally had floating around 15 years post college, all of a sudden you start believing. You think, oh my gosh. I'm going to do this. This is huge. I just I just did something. I'm not talking the talk. I'm walking the walk. I just paid off a of debt. And when you have that belief, then the next time you go pay off the little bit bigger debt, you have that motivation to push you through there and so on. So in a nutshell, there's two big theories out there for paying off debt. Debt avalanche, that's the method where you go from high interest to low interest. And debt snowball is where you go from low balance, starting there, to high balance ignoring interest rates and i think that is superior unless you have extreme extreme willpower then go with the dead avalanche but the point is this if you have extreme extreme willpower you probably don't have debt
0: that's right probably wouldn't have had it in the first place yeah, exactly. it was it was funny um you know you talked about dave ramsey and the total money makeover that was one of the books that i i, I grant grabbed um, you know probably five or six years ago to help help to me and my wife make a uh, you know a good start at our marriage and clobber our debt as well um uh, I I'm, I'm such a such a fan of his program that I I have started to volunteer for Financial Peace University which is the, his course at my local church. I understand you you do the same thing, is that right?
1: Yes, I've done 5 classes now. So Oh, that's great. Um it's an important thing to do. I, you know, it's one of the ways you can give back. And so yeah, it's been it's been tremendous. It's when I first started – this is before I actually started blogging. I wanted to share. You know, just like anything, when you do something incredible, you want to share it with as many people as you can. So I started sharing it around the fire station, and then I thought, you know what? There's a better way to do this. So what if we started hosting classes? Well, how do I host a class? I don't know what I'm doing. I'm brand new at this. So I got onto the Dave Ramsey site, and I became one of their coordinators. And so we started putting through – Um, you know, probably we we did two classes in the beginning back to back and it was in high demand. And then, uh, we went actually to Dave Ramsey, um, his team in Nashville and we asked him, you know, is there any way that you would be willing to, you know, cut us a deal so we could sponsor every firefighter, police officer, border patrol agent, anybody public safety in the state of Arizona to go through your program. And so they worked with us. They 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 discounted a little bit, and then we got some outside sponsorships. And so yeah, now like in the in the state of Arizona, if you are public safety at all in any aspect, um, you can literally go through the program courtesy of a Hunter Club, which is a charity benefiting it benefits the uh, the widows of fallen firefighters, officers, or anybody like that in the state of Arizona. They actually will send you through the through the program
0: that's incredible that's it that's great that you contacted not only the ramsey folks but also have gotten some funds to uh to make it a discount for everybody especially these people who are working so hard for everybody's safety in the state of arizona that's very cool man very cool each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com/tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com/tello and use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Telo plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Telo, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Telo. Um. So on 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 the Dave Ramsey track. So I I am a big fan. I you know like you said, um, you know, similar to you, good with math. Uh, I have I have pretty decent willpower, and some of these things I followed to the T. I have found that I've gone through some of the, some of his programs, and there are some things that I don't agree with. Um, are are you? is there anything uh, that's a part of his programs that you, that you don't agree with as well? Like I'll give you an example. Um, I've had some differences in opinion on his investing strategy. Um, I've, I've found a lot more information over the past couple of years that has helped me to make a better plan than what he recommends. Is there anything that you disagree with or are you full on board? I'd love to chat with you and, and
1: see how you feel. So yeah, going with the investing, I, I, and so why do you disagree with him? Cause I, 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 Feel the same way, but I want to hear why yeah, so, you disagree with that. So them. I
0: think originally he set it up in a very simple way, where it's um, you know a quarter. It's, he breaks it up into quarters, and I don't remember specifically, but I think it's a, a, you know a growth and income fund, and then there's a aggressive, and then there's international, and then there's one other one. I forgot. Maybe it's small cap, something like that. Anyway, um, but he does that just based on anybody's age at anybody's time, and I think obviously based on where you are in your retirement plan. Um, you know things are going to vary. Also, I have found after I went through one of his uh, what are they called um, endorse local providers. Uh, we had a we had a sort of a bad situation where um, they you know had set us up in a fashion where we're meeting with this fella and he's he's supposed to have the heart of a teacher, right? Um, he, instead of having the heart of a teacher, he's kind of talking over our heads and trying to sell products as opposed to being a fiduciary and really trying to provide us the products that are going to um, you know get us the best opportunity for the most money in retirement. So I felt like I was kind of burned a little bit there, but obviously, you know, you know, buyer beware, obviously you've got to, you know, know who you're talking to and, you know, don't go into things that you don't understand. And I know that's a big principle of what Dave Ramsey says as well. Um, so I ended up taking on the investment stuff myself and learning a lot more than I knew. And like you said, it's, it, it's not as complicated as it's all made out to be. Um, but, um, that was one of the areas that I think that, that I had a little bit of struggle with. What about you?
1: Yeah, so that, that you hit the nail on the head. So here is the reason why I believe Dave does it this way. And over the last years having my own blog and podcast, meeting some people who actually know Dave personally and having the same conversation with them. So Dave talks about a 12% average annual return compounded every single year. And so he gets this from the S and P 500. If you go back from the 1930s, it's just under 12%. It's like 11.67% is the last time I checked. So that's the, so he just rounds it up to 12%, right? So you have so many people out there, financial advisors, especially that have such a hard time with Dave yelling out 12% and saying, you know, yes, you can get it. And so here's the reason why Dave does this. And And it's powerful. And I think sometimes people skip the boat on this one. So the reason why Dave does this is most of the people listening right now, one out of three right now don't have any money saved for retirement. Okay. So I think a majority of the people, maybe not now, but a few years back, maybe a decade ago, not many people knew who Dave Ramsey was. So a decade ago, Dave's job on the radio was to motivate you to get out of debt, to save money and to build wealth. And so one of the ways he was able to do that was not by lying to you, right? One of the ways he was able to do that was to simplify it, right? So he may be getting 12% compounded annually. We don't know, right? We haven't seen his portfolios and he says he is. So I can't call him a liar there, but one of the things he wants you to do is he wants you to start saving money for retirement because he's right. The government is not going to save or protect you. So, If you try to complicate things to a brand new saver slash investor slash, you know, somebody that's brand new into even talking about personal finance out loud, right, and you don't simplify it, you're going to lose them. So his strategy is, look, I'm going to simplify it to the point where it's it's 25% – he calls it – large cap, right? 25% mid cap, 25% small cap, 25% global or international, however you want to call it. So mm-hmm. he makes it really, really easy to understand. So somebody who, you know, is on the other side of that, that's fearful of even opening the 401k because they don't know what to expect. Now go a step further. You open up your 401k and what do you see in there? Oh, this one says large capitalization. Ooh, wait, I remember Dave saying that. And this one says middle or you know mid cap and this one says small cap and oh my gosh this one even says international and all of a sudden those barriers of being fearful to invest are broken down and you start investing and so we actually met with a local uh, endorsed local provider who goes through training in Nashville I think it is for you know for this and they explain the same thing you know they he explained the same thing as you know we're not going to be able to get you 12% every single year for the rest of your um, for the rest of your time investing with us. However, we might get you 8% this year, but right now I just actually looked at my accounts this morning and the accounts we have invested are up 20.1%. So, you know, it goes up and down. Now, if you're brand new in investing and Dave's telling you all of this, you're going to get overwhelmed and say, Nope, Nope. I'm, you know, I don't want to do it this way. So I understand where Dave's coming from. And remember, he is speaking to millions and millions and millions of people at a time. So the only option for him is to be cookie cutter, right? You can't be, you know, you have to be cookie cutter. So when you have, you know, hundreds of people calling in a week asking questions, you have to be consistent. You have to be cookie cutter. And so now you're getting the people that are listening to Dave Ramsey are people that have been following him for a long time. And now you're getting people that, you know, are now debt free. And you're getting people who paid off their mortgage and you're getting people who have built a substantial amount of wealth. And so it wouldn't be fair for the rest of his listeners if he starts changing it up individually for people. He can't do that. He doesn't have the luxury. Sure. And I think – so one of the one of the takeaways there is Dave is huge, right? And so you're going to get advice from somebody who is huge. You're not going to get, I guess, boutique-style advice.
0: No, that makes a lot of sense. I completely agree. I, I would say that um, I, I am – very indebted you know no pun intended to the uh the advice that he provided to you know live on a budget work closely with your spouse um with regards to your finances do not separate things you know and clobber this debt like it's you know a bad stank you got to get off of you so i am i am indebted to that there's just there was just some things that i didn't quite agree with as i continued to learn more but hey that's you know you got to trust and verify and find out what's best for you. And like you said, he's, he's speaking to millions of people. So he does have to be quite generic. So, um, anyway, I just thought that would be kind of a fun conversation for us to have and, uh, and, and dive into it a little deeper. So I appreciate that, man. Of course. Um, uh, so a uh, quick question on, on budgeting. You said that you and your wife started to live on a budget when you were, cla- you know, clobbering this, this $52,000 of debt. Do you have a specific software you like to use? Do you guys do the old pen and paper? Or do you use an Excel sheet? What's what's your method?
1: So, yeah, we actually, and this goes back to me being a numbers nerd, is one of the things I'm also very comfortable with is spreadsheets. So we tried a couple different apps out, um, you know, and not to knock any apps. I think they're great. I think if you go from never paying attention to your money and you're using an app to pay attention to it, I think you're, you're moving tremendously. Uh, you're, you're moving fast forward in the right direction, right? Uh, one of the issues I had though, was it was just not customizable to what I liked. I had to fit into their categories or I had, to, I, I couldn't, it couldn't, I wasn't free doing it. I felt like I was still strapped down to the software. And then I also realized too, with the software, with the apps and stuff that if you become so dependent on the software and something happens to it, or it starts to cost more money or whatever it is, I would be uh, tied to it. Right. I wouldn't know how to function without it. So one of the things that we did is we said, okay, I'm going to create a spreadsheet and we're going to do the spreadsheet. We're going to make it very, very simple. And so that is what we've been using now um, since 2000, April 2011, and we've never missed a month. Every single month we've done a budget since April 2011. And I tell people it's the biggest reason why we've had such success, and it's also the biggest raise we've ever received because any time more money came into our life since getting on that budget, it didn't, it didn't go away right? We learned how to manage that income better. And so now instead of having this bucket of income with holes leaking out the bottom, they've all been patched up with our budget. So, um, so then what we started doing is I started showing people how to use this spreadsheet and people like, wow, this is so simple. You could put it on your phone, you could put on your iPad, you could put it on your desktop. You and your wife can share the exact same spreadsheet. You could be at the gas station. She could be at the grocery store. You could be inside your spreadsheet, punching in and it does all the math for you. Um, you can't mess it up, right? You can't enter in anything in wrong, so it is locked. But you could change out all the categories, all the names. You can add stuff. You can delete stuff. And so, one person started using it, and then I said, you know what? I'm going to throw this up on the website, and anybody that wants it can download it. It's 100% free because I think it'll, you know, it could change people's lives. And the last I looked. We've had over 15,000 people download this thing.
0: That's great, man. That's great. Excellent. Well, I will uh, definitely take that link and throw it in the show notes of this show so people can access that as well because I completely agree with you. The best thing that my wife and I have been able to do uh, in combating our debt or increasing our net worth um, is working together on that monthly monthly budget meeting. We, we get together. We have some fun. We talk about our dreams and we move things forward for our family. So, yeah, props for you on that. I'll definitely throw that in the show notes. So we're, um, you know, showing showing those folks what those fifteen thousand people have downloaded.
1: Cool. And you can you hear you're hearing it from me. It is free, and it will always be free.
0: That's always. awesome, man. That's awesome. Perfect. I love it. Um, so, what uh, if it, it, let, let's talk about let's talk about motivating people because we've had a lot of good conversation today about your story about eliminating debt living on a budget, getting people moving forward. If, if somebody had to make some moves today who has got a similar situation that you guys had, $50,000 of debt, a lot of it's credit card based, you're living on the credit card, you're buying what you need, but they're hearing this conversation and they're wanting to make a change. What do you think the best first step for them to do one thing that they would need to do today to make a difference?
1: Oh, that's a no brainer. You have to be, what what gets measured gets managed. So I, I, if I was going to illustrate it, Andy, I would say it like this. Okay. So say you have this financial house. Okay. And the first time you're building a house, if you build a house, you start with the foundation, right? You're, you're going to build a solid foundation. And then from there, then you can start putting up the walls. Once the foundation is set, you can start putting up the walls of your financial house. So once the, once the walls are up, then you can, then you can tack on the roof. And once you have the roof on and the house is built, then you can start going inside and decorating the interior, drywall, whatever you're going to do for your house. The biggest problem I see is we were never taught where to start, right? You're told, you know, from a friend, oh, you start here. No, you're told from your neighbor. No, you should, you should do this first. And then you're told you're, you're just, there's, People, it's it's the whole paralysis by analysis. They just don't know where to start. And the biggest problem I see is so many people are starting on the roof. You know, they don't realize they're starting on the roof. But if you're looking at a financial house, you're starting on the roof and things might be going well. And all of a sudden, a gust of wind kicks up. Your hot water heater goes out. Your car won't start and everything crumbles down. You think, okay, this just doesn't work for me. It works for everybody else, but it doesn't work for me. I don't know why I can't figure this out. And I'm just going to go back to my old ways. Right. You lose motivation. So. When I'm teaching people what to do, the first thing you have to do is you have to watch what's coming in and going out. A lot of people are like, well, I don't like the word budget. Cool. Call it a cash flow plan, right? Whatever you want to call it, call it a cash flow plan, call it a budget. But the point is this. What gets measured gets managed. So – for us, it starts – everybody starts with the budget, which is why we give the budget away for free on our website. It's step one before you do anything else because if you're not measuring the money coming in and going out, then nothing else matters, right? The whole building wealth, pay, paying off debt, paying off your mortgage, that stuff no longer matters because you're not going to have money to do it, right? The Parkinson's, Parkinson's law states that everything expands with the universe. So let me ask you this, Andy, or any of your listeners can even ask themselves this is, you know, chances are – 10 years ago, you were making a certain amount of money. And now, fast forward 10 years later, you're probably making just a little bit more, right? You get a raise at work, you've been there longer, you promote, whatever you're doing. And so we've added more money to our life. And if we're not measuring it, we're not managing it, it feels like we were making the same amount of money 10 years ago, right? Everything just kind of expands. And you
0: Absolutely. think,
1: every time I get a raise, why don't I feel it, right? Every time I get a raise, because it's natural. Naturally, you're going to, you're gonna expand you know, as far as you can. So what happens with a budget is now you can start identifying on paper and on purpose where your money is going. Once we did this, everything changed. Everything changed, Our, it, it's, and I'll tell you this, once we got on a budget, we stopped overspending, and once we got on a budget, we started getting along better, and once we got on a budget, we started moving the needle, we started saving money, we started paying off debt, and you know, seven months later, we knocked out $52,000 in debt. Now, that wasn't only because of the budget, right? There was other factors involved, a lot of hard work and a lot of sacrifice. But I will say this: if we were not on the budget and we did those other factors, we we would not have been out of debt that quick. No way, it would have probably taken us twice as long.
0: Oh, I completely agree with you, man. I am glad we had <laughs> we, we did this show because uh, you got you and I are completely in sync. I think the budget getting together, especially if you're married with your spouse to create that plan and live on it monthly. Uh, it's been the best reason for our success and And I'm glad to hear it from you too because it sounds like you guys have had some major success in your family. So congratulations man. I really appreciate you spending the time with us today. If people want to learn more and follow you and get an understanding of what uh, Chris Peach is all about at Money Peach, where where should people go?
1: So if you like reading, moneypeach.com, you you just Google Money Peach. And if you like listening, we have a podcast and it's just go into iTunes or anywhere you can search for a podcast and just type in the words Money Peach, two words, it'll pop right up. And those are the two best places to find me.
0: Excellent, man. Well, thank you again for taking the time to chat today. I know you and I are going to shake hands at FinCon. I'm really excited about that in October. And uh, thanks again, man. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Andy, for having me on.
0: That was great. It is awesome to chat with like-minded people like Chris. The similarities between Chris and I are actually pretty close. We both piled up around $50,000 in debt around the time we got married in an attempt to keep up with the Joneses, those freaking Joneses. (laughs) Dave Ramsey was a huge influence on both of us, and we both agreed that budgeting with our spouses was a major key to our financial success. Keeping these things consistent is so important, I gotta tell you. Also, making sure you have a driving force when you're plowing away at that debt is very important as well. And obviously, for Chris and Andrea, it was to grab a hold of their lives. It sounds like they were both moving in a positive direction, but did not have control of their spending. So, when they were able to crush this debt and start to live on a plan, they really started to make some major changes in their lives. And that, that just boosted up where their family is and where it's going in the future now with their two small kids. So I'll ask you, what is your driving force? If you were able to rid yourself of debt and truly control your money, how would that change your life? By putting that victorious feeling in your mind and keeping that future joy ever present in your daily actions, you're going to want to take action immediately. To assist you in your debt destruction journey, I've included Chris's free budget spreadsheet, that the one that's been downloaded over 15,000 times, in the show notes at marriagekidsmoney.com slash session 31. Also, I've included a link to Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover. This book helped both Chris and I to realize our debt-free life. During the interview, I did talk about how I don't agree so much with some of the investing side of things, but the debt destruction and the partnership with your spouse and living on a budget, I think it's some of the best stuff that's out there, so I would check it out for sure. At that same link in the comment section, please let me know what your life would be like with no debt. Or if you're already there with no debt... Tell me how that has changed your life or your family's life. I'd really love to know. Thank you. If you are enjoying the show, please do me a small favor. Email two of your friends today with the link marriagekidsandmoney.com slash iTunes. It's going to take them right to the iTunes page. This email doesn't have to be a long email. Just tell them why you're enjoying this podcast and why they would enjoy it. I would really appreciate the support, everybody. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Napoleon Hill. Victory is always possible for the person who refuses to stop fighting. Let's all keep fighting for our family's future, everyone. Carpe diem.